It was a dark and stormy night deep in the heart of ancient Mexico. Two young brothers were trying to fall asleep in between the sounds of thunder and flashes of lightning. Suddenly, the youngest brother jumps into bed with his older brother and whispers, can you hear that? His eyes wide with fear. The older brother gets very still and listens. There, he can hear it. Someone far away was crying, or was it an animal? In between the cries, which were becoming horrible wails, he heard a hissing sound no human could make. Whatever it was, it was coming closer. He hugged his little brother close and whispered, don't worry, I'll protect you. The boy's mother and baby sister were asleep in the next room. He had to protect them. The wailing sound was so loud now that it seemed to be coming from inside the room. The boy was terrified, but he willed himself to quietly slip out from underneath the covers and crouch onto the wooden floor. He needed to get to the window where he would have a view of the whole square. The wailing and hissing continued to fill every corner of the room with such a heaviness that the boy was certain he would see the creature in front of him the next time a lightning lit up the room. Being as silent as he could, he finally reached the window and carefully peeked out. A lightning strike illuminated the square, and there she was. Wild black hair, green skirt flowing dangerously in the wind. Her face was covered with a red shawl, and she was carrying a cradle. The moment he saw her, he could understand what she was wailing. My children, my children, where are my children? He could also hear a baby crying from the cradle. Was it her baby? Was it safe? Did they need help? The boy had just made up his mind to see if he could help the crying child when lightning once again lit up the sky and what he saw made his blood run cold. The cradle was on the floor of the square and standing above it was not the weeping woman, but a giant snake. A snake woman hissing threateningly at the baby. And finally, the boy understood. The Aztec goddess, Siwakuaten, had come looking for her children and this poor baby was going to be taken to the underworld. The boy rushed down the stairs and into the night. His heart raced. He had no plan. He just knew he had to stop her. He had to try. As he stepped out onto the square, the wind stopped. The rain turned into a light mist and the goddess was gone. He looked around, but the only signs of life on this dark night were the cries from the baby. He walked towards the cradle and when he reached it, the square became so silent, he could hear his own heartbeat. The cradle was empty. Once again, his blood ran cold. As he looked up at his bedroom window, he saw his little brother looking down at him. The younger boy cried out as he saw his brother disappear right before his eyes. No one ever saw the brave boy again. And no matter how many times his little brother told the story, no one would believe him. La Llorona took him. Hello, friends. 
My name is Mel, and this is my partner, Brian. Hi, folks. Thanks for coming on this adventure with us. We need all the help we can get. We are the Folklorists, students of folklore and supernatural tales. You just heard a story my friend Lupita told me about her ancestors. Ancestors are folks who we are descended from, our great-great-great-grandparents going back to the beginning of time. Lupita's grandfather told her this story that has been passed down from generation to generation through oral storytelling. This is a story of how her family encountered the original La Llorona in Tenochtitlan, which is now called Mexico City. Back then, the stories of La Llorona described her as a powerful goddess with a skirt made of snakes. Lupita reached out to us because she needs our help, my friends. She's been waking up in the middle of the night hearing cries. Lupita lives in an apartment building in Mexico City, and none of her neighbors hear the cry. She doesn't know what to do because every night the cries sound closer and closer. Last night, she can make out words along with the crying. My children, my children, where are my children? Lupita believes that because her family was touched by the very first La Llorona all those years ago, she is able to hear her when others cannot. Lupita doesn't have any children, but she is scared for her neighbors. Two little boys she looks after when their mom has a night shift at the hospital. She has to keep them safe. She has to try. And we are going to help her. This is what we know. La Llorona has been seen all over Latin America, as well as some places in Europe. Many people believe that La Llorona is no longer the Aztec goddess, but the ghost of a woman who was so distraught over losing her love, she drowned her own children, and then herself when she realized what she had done. Now this weeping woman looks for children to replace the ones she's lost. She wears a white dress and is always seen near a body of water, mostly rivers. Lupita lives in an apartment building in the middle of the city. No rivers in sight. So how is La Llorona able to reach the children? And if she can leave the water, how can we stop her? All right, Folklorists, off we go to the library with Lupita to see what we can find out about our ghost and hopefully how to protect our young friends. La Biblioteca Miguel Loredo was quiet and almost empty a dramatic 18th century Baroque building. The library's halls echoed as we walked down to the section that held the old newspapers. My young friends, if you have never visited your local library and you get the opportunity, you must go. You will not find another place so full of magic and adventure. Through newspapers, journal entries, and history books, we were able to see the evolution of La Llorona from goddess to river ghost. When the Spanish came and colonized the indigenous people of Mexico City, they brought their ghosts and energies with them. We traced the latest version of La Llorona to a story based off of an indigenous woman named Maria and a Spanish soldier. Lupita found an old map of Mexico City that had 45 rivers running through it. It turns out when Mexico City was the center of the Aztec empire, it not only had over 40 rivers, but a beautiful lake. In the 1940s and 50s, the rivers were all paved over. However, they are still there, running underneath the city. And one of these rivers runs under the very street where Lupita lives. If this map was right, there was nowhere the kids could go to be safe. 
I looked over at Lupita. Her eyes were wide with fear. We'll find a way to stop her, I said. No, she whispered in a small voice. Do you hear that? It's her. She's coming. Lupita, Brian, and I grabbed as many books as we could and rushed home. The story says the way children can keep themselves safe from La Llorona is not to be out at night and to listen to their parents. Pretty basic allegory stuff. However, there are things someone can do if they believe they have been marked by a spirit. We consulted a curundera, a healer that heals not only your body, but also your spirit. She suggested we do a barrida, where we take powerful protective and cleansing herbs, bundle them together, and sweep you from the top of your head down. She also told us that salt and candles were very powerful and protective. The sun was starting to set and it was starting to drizzle. The boy's mother would be leaving any minute to her night shift. We made an herb bundle from indigenous and Spanish plants, Mexican sage, epazote, and hojas santa to heal espanto or fright, and mugwort, rue, and rosemary for protection. Brian rushed to the tiendita on the corner for black candles to call on the protection of Santa Muerte, and I gathered all the salt I could find. Suddenly, Lupita grabbed my arm. I recognized the look on her face immediately. La Llorona's cries had started. Let's go, I said, grabbing our supplies. We'll have Brian meet us next door. I don't want to scare the kids, Lupita whispered. Okay, we'll tell them we're playing a game. The kids are hectic and adorable, bouncing up and down and looking through every bag the minute we walk in the door. It's storming, the older boy cried. I love lightning, said the younger one. Niños, we are going to play a game. Excited, the boys stood back to back as we put a protective circle of salt around them. Lupita stopped halfway through and stared at the door, tense. The hallway, she said. Hurry. Suddenly, there was a pounding on the door. It's me. I have the candles. Brian! We finished the salt circles. One for them, one for us. And lit the candles. She's getting closer, Lupita whispered. We began brushing the kids from their heads to their feet over and over, but the cries persisted. She's right outside the door, Lupita said desperately. The wind from the storm was so loud, it had started to sound like wailing. Lupita ran up to the door. What are you doing? Come back inside the circle, I cried. But she ignored me. Leave them alone, she yelled through the door. The wind answered her angrily. What do you want? Lupita begged. It suddenly got very, very quiet. Lupita? Are you okay? She didn't answer us. Lupita, the older boy called out. He looked worried. What's wrong? His voice seemed to shake her out of her trance. She walked over to them, looked into their eyes and said, have you ever heard of La Llorona? The boys shook their heads. They sat on the floor while Lupita told the brothers about the boy who saw Sibacoatl and was never seen again. The beautiful Maria, who was so heartbroken, she did the unthinkable, and about two neighbor boys who were saved by a story. As Lupita put the boys to bed, she placed the herb bundles under their pillows and said, don't forget about her, it will keep you safe. Lupita didn't respond to our questions until the boys were asleep. She spoke to me, Lupita said. 
Her story is being forgotten and people don't believe in her anymore. It's the reason she risked coming up here, even though we had the candles and the herbs and the salt. We have to keep telling her story, passing it down through generations, or she will make us remember. As Brian and I drove back home, we came to a decision. We will search out folk tales along with the humans who have grown up hearing them. Together, we can keep these stories alive and their monsters at bay. And next time, we can search for our next story. We'll be going to Peru and the story of the Chuyachaki. Until next time, Folklore's team. This episode of The Folklorists was researched and written by Mel Martinez and performed by Mel Martinez and Brian Quinn. Sound mixing and mastering by M. Glenn Sound. This has been a Quinnan Street Project production. We are a nonprofit arts organization fiscally sponsored by Intersection for the Arts and supported by the California Arts Council, the Chamberlain Education Foundation, and generous folks like you. To learn more, visit www.quinnanstreet.org 